heads are sore or whatever the case may be cleansed, we, we kind of say there's got to be another way. Let's not do that. I don't want to go through that kind of pain. But I, my head could have gotten infected. I could have had a, a, an infection so close to my brain, which would, would not have been good. And from what seemed like a simple accident could have turned into something very major. I say that because I'm bringing that point to you about how that sometimes we look at we look at things and rather than 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 we focus so hard on what's going on that we don't think about the message, the meaning of the message that comes from it. I needed that done. At Lackland Air Force Base down in San Antonio, Texas, is is home of uh, uh, Air Force Basic Military Training School. That's where if you want to get into the Air Force, you got to go through there. Okay, if you're enlisted. You have to go through there. And if you would have told me what all I had to go through to get into the Air Force, I would have told you, no, thank you. I'm all right. I I just work at Kroger's or wherever I can or wherever I need to. I just don't want to deal with all that. But the reality is, in order to get into the Air Force, I had to go through that basic military training school. It was six weeks at that time. It's now eight weeks of your life. But, you know, in in doing that, there were things I wanted. I wanted to get in the Air Force. I wanted to marry my wife. I wanted to be able to support her. I wanted to be able to keep my educational benefit. There were some benefits that were, that were there. So that was my purpose. The work, the requirement, the instructions that were given to me were the things that I had to go through. Discipline, obedience, those things were so necessary for me to join the military. The meaning of the message was to serve my country, to have food, shelter, education, degree, retirement, medical benefits, dental benefits, a chance to travel. Had I focused so much on the work, the requirements, the instructions that I would have had to go to, I would have missed out on the meaning of the message. The message was, look at where you are now. And I don't think any of us can raise our hand and say 20 years ago, I would, I know, I knew that I would be where I am right now. None of us did. And that's kind of what we're going to focus on as we look at this story of Naaman. Leprosy is a disease that usually begins in some small part of the body, the finger, toes, the nose, or the tip of the ear. If the disease goes unchecked, it eventually consumes the entire body. Leprosy was a dreaded disease in the Bible days, as it is still today. It causes a person to become a social outcast because the disease was communicable one person to another. There were bands of lepers that roamed the outskirts of the cities in painful struggle for life. The leper had nothing to look forward to but a certain slow and painful death. The bodies of those afflicted were slowly eroded away until some vital organ was struck or secondary infection took the person's life. Sin is a spiritual disease, but it has many of the characteristics of leprosy. Sin usually begins in some small area, but if allowed to go unchecked, it also consumes the person. Sin causes one to become an outcast in the sight of God. The sinner has nothing to look forward to, but a certain slow, painful death forever in the devil's hell. Let us never forget the wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. 
In this lesson, we are going to learn how Naaman was cleansed from his physical disease of leprosy. But more importantly than that, we're going to learn how to rid oneself of the spiritual disease of sin. Once again, the purpose is to be right with God. The work, the requirement, the instruction is to be disciplined and obedient to the word of God. And the meaning is to be cleansed, to be, to have remission of our sins. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5. Captain Naaman, the Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 5, was a great man with his master. He was honorable. Because of him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. Honorable meaning he was deserving of honor and respect. He was the person you'd like to have next door. Paid his taxes, took care of his family, did good deeds, a good, respectable, moral man, a man of valor, a brave soldier. Probably wouldn't have asked his soldiers to do anything that he himself wouldn't do. I know I'd like to have a person in my neighborhood like that living next door to me. But the Bible says <clears throat> Naaman was a leper. The Bible says Naaman was a leper. We must also understand that sin, like leprosy, has no respect a person. It makes no difference who you are, how good or moral you may be. If you're old enough to know what is right and what is wrong, unless you have done something about your sins, you are a sinner in the sight of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. At this point of this lesson, I want to bring a wonderful opportunity that was brought to Naaman. An opportunity to be cleansed of spiritual leprosy. I'm, going, I'm not going to go through the details about, about this uh, story, but only the highlights. You can enjoy the treasures of this as you uh, read the lesson later on. It is in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2 through 9. I encourage you to spend some time in understanding how Naaman in, uh, uh, obeyed the instructions of the man of God. I will just give you the highlights so that you can see what Naaman did, decided about his leprosy. And how you too, if you, if you focus too hard on the requirements, the work, the instruction that God has given, you'll miss out on the message, of the, the meaning of the message. Naaman had captured, the Bible says, an Israelite maiden. She had become a servant to Naaman's wife. The maiden told Naaman's wife that there was a prophet in Samaria who could cure him of his leprosy. Can you imagine what that meant to Naaman? Can you imagine how that, that, that felt to Naaman? Here he was a man of great valor, a man of great strength, a great leader, both respected by those above his chain and below his chain. He was loved by all, but he was a leper. No matter where you are in society, no matter how good you are, no matter how many things you've done in your life, no matter how many people love you, the Bible says you are all sinners and have come short of the glory of God. The king of Syria 
uh, uh, Naaman was so excited, he went to the king and told him about this 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 uh, uh, place that he could go to to be cured of leprosy. The king sent a runner to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel, if you remember the story, got mad. He got mad because he thought it was a, tra- a, tra- a trap and he tore his clothes, the Bible says. And Elijah, the prophet of God, said, send him to me so that he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now I want to take a spiritual commercial here for a minute. Because it is, isn't it amazing how you sit down and think the king of Israel, this was God's children. This was not just one of the Israelites who should have known of the prophet Elijah. This was not just one of the leaders who should have known of the prophet Elijah. This was the king who, when he came to him, when when Naaman came to him, tore his clothes and said, Am I God that I can make a person live or or, or save a person from, from leprosy? The man of God, Elijah, said, Send him to me. That, that he'll know that there's a prophet. Isn't that something, isn't it something how, how this correlates sometimes to our, our own lives? We as children of God, who know God, or should know God, are confronted sometimes in a study, in a personal relationship, a personal connection, and someone comes to us and we get angry, or we say, I don't know. When we should know, That there is a son of God that died on the cross for our sins. That we should be ready to give an account of the hope that is in us. And we, like the king of Israel, get mad. Get confused. Don't do anything about it. I just thought I'd pause for that commercial for a moment. The purpose here, Naaman wants to rid himself of the disease of leprosy. He is soon to find out how. The disease can be cleansed in Second Kings chapter 5, verse 10. The work, the requirement, the instruction was to go and wash in the Jordan seven times. The meaning, the man of God tells him, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Here are the conditions of the conditional promise. Number one, he had to go to the River Jordan. He couldn't go to any, in any river. Why? Because the man of God commanded for him to go there. Two, he had to dip. Three, he had to dip seven times. The results, cleansed from leprosy. This should be no problem for Naaman. He certainly knows where the River Jordan was. Jordan was what has been the historical stream almost since the beginning of time. We all know what you do when you dip. This is to plunge or dock yourself under the water. We all know what seven times means. Seven times is one more than six. They're, they are, uh, these are easily obeyed, straightforward conditions. Remember that. These are easily obeyed, straightforward conditions. Please make note of one last point before we leave this idea. What will Naaman be until he meets these conditions? A leper. Until he meets these conditions, he will be a leper. Now let us see the instructions for our cleansing from our sins today. 
I think we can see the need to be cleansed from our sins, or at least I hope that we can see the need being cleansed from our sins. Just as in the cleansing of Naaman, there is a conditional promise for us. We can be cleansed of our sins when we meet those conditions. We also have some easy to obey, straightforward conditions for cleansing of our sin. We find these conditions for our cleansing in God's word, not in us. We find these cleansing conditions in God's word, not in us. Let me note here, if Naaman had focused too hard, which he kind of did, if it wasn't for his servant, but if he had continued to focus too hard on the work, the requirements, the instructions that the man of God had given him, he would have missed out on the meaning of the message, and he would have still been a leper. In John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe in God, Jesus, the word of God, you should not perish. But this verse is no promise that you will not perish. Bear with me. The word should not perish are conditional terms. Believing by itself will not save us. There are additional terms to meet. In Acts chapter 3 verse 19, the Bible says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance is a second condition. In, in, uh, in our, in our cleansing. Again, we see that repentance does not take away sins, but it prepares us that our sins may be blotted out. Romans chapter 10, 10. We see the Bible says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That little word unto, means to draw nigh. If you were walking out in the foyer here and you came to the door and you grabbed the handle on the door, you are nigh to the building, but you're not in the building. To summarize the points we've just discussed, if you believe in Jesus, we should not perish. If you repent of your sins, they may be blotted out. If you confess the name of Jesus, we are unto salvation. To stop here is to fall short of being cleansed of our sins. The steps on behalf of repentance and confession have prepared us. In acts of in act the act of obedience, I'm sorry, to baptism our sins are washed away. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 tells us this. It says, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, the Bible says this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Simple, easy to follow, straightforward conditions. But he that believeth not, shall be damned. Let's look at the conditions. Believing, 
we should not perish. Repent, our sins may be blotted out. Confess, confession is unto salvation. Baptism washes away our sins. The results, clean from our sins. Remission of our sins. The Bible tells us this. It is so important that we understand the simplicity of God's word. God did not tell us to run through a flame, run through a fire, walk across a volcano opening. He told us none of these things. He gave us the simple and grafted, his simple and grafted word. It was made simple, simple. I asked those who are out there who are not children of God, the same question the servant asked Naaman. If God had asked you to do something great, would you have not done it? But yet he asked us to hear and believe, to repent, confess, and be baptized. Fortunately, Naaman went to the Jordan River. We all know the story of what Naaman went through. Naaman argued the point initially. But Naaman went. He didn't dip one, two, three, or four times. He dipped seven times. And it wasn't until the seventh time he was cleansed. It's so important to understand that obedience to the will of God is so important. Baptism in itself, being dipped in water, does nothing for us. It's the fact that we follow the command of God. God says that it is important that we are baptized. I don't know about you. Maybe you're happy where you are if you're not a child of God. I would hope not. Because if you have your hopes on this, this earth and this world, I've got news for you. You're not always going to be here. That I'm sure you know of. This is going to burn up. You may not be aware of that. And we will stand before a just God who will judge us according to his word. You may not know that. I encourage you to continue to read, your, read the Bible. I encourage you to come forward. If you know these things are right, you know the Bible tells us this in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I often have people tell me, I had a good mom. I had a good dad. I don't knock that. I don't knock that. We don't knock that. We don't judge that. God is the one that has to judge. What I can tell you is what God's word says. God's word says that we must believe and be baptized. Well, what are you saying, uh, 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 Mr. Teamer, or uh, Brother Teamer, or a uh, 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 preacher, speaker of God's word? What are you saying? I'm saying that your, your family will stand before a just God, and he will make that decision. My job, like the servant of Naaman, is to tell you what God asks of us is not difficult. Why do we make it difficult by deciding to, 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 to make God come to us? rather than us go to God. Think about it. Members of the body, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be strong in the faith and to stand up and preach the word of God. Be ready to preach it all the time. The Bible tells us this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have an obligation to teach the word. We get so caught up in so many other things, Bible, that we might say, oh, it's maybe that's a gray area. Whatever the case may be, I'll tell you what's not gray, salvation. Let's not get caught up in that. That's probably one of Satan's greatest tricks is to, is to get us caught up in something that we don't teach the gospel and bring people to Christ. First Peter chapter 3 verse 15 says this, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a, dip, a, a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you. But he says this, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are, you are slandered, those who revile you, your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. I want to ask you a question. How many times have you found yourself sitting back when you should have said something? How many times have you sat down and you've watched Something go by that you should have handled. He says with meekness and with fear. How many times have you participated in something that you really shouldn't have been involved in? The Bible says God's people are sanctified. It means we're set apart. There's nothing wrong with being different when we are children of God and we're doing the right things. I want to encourage you. In fact, I don't want to encourage you. I want to command you. I want to, I want to command, I want to charge you as my brothers and sisters in Christ to stand up. Stand up for Jesus in meekness and in fear. So even when they see that you rebuke them, they know that you love them. Those who are not members of the church, I ask you to do this. Ponder very seriously. On what is coming from God's word. I like the king of Israel. Or I like the, the, the servant of Naaman. Can't save you from your sins. I can only take you to Christ. Who can. I hope you consider the lesson that's come to you today. And I hope you make the right decision. It is the best decision. You will ever make. One day. You will wake up. And I promise you, you will stand before that God. And he will open up your book, your life, and he will open up the word. And there you will be judged by a great, job, a great God. There is no judge, there is no lawyer on this earth that can represent you. The only one that I want standing over me, and I pray that you make this decision too, is Jesus Christ. If you will, come as we together stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you. My Lord was crucified, knowing that it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at 